Hi there, and welcome to PMICast, the only UK podcast devoted to private medical insurance. I'm your host, Phil Knight, and let's get started. Hi there and welcome to PMICast. My name is Phil Knight. Um, I will be your host. This is episode number 54, recorded on the 4th of September 2014. I am an independent healthcare consultant. I'm based in Leeds in West Yorkshire and I advise clients on individual and corporate private medical insurance in the UK and around the world. Um, PMICast is the only podcast devoted to private medical insurance and related healthcare topics. So welcome back to the podcast. This is the first episode after our brief hiatus over the summer. Um, I think the the last podcast number 53 would have been sometime in July. So we've had sort of five, six weeks off. So welcome back. Hope everybody had a good summer and we are now back firmly in the swing of things talking about private medical insurance. So um A fair few things I want to blast through on today's podcast. As always, though, the first thing that I normally do is regular listeners will know that I try and tie things into my business blog, which is called Local Venture. You can find the blog at all the W's, localventure.blogspot.com. The idea behind the blog is it's not slavishly adherent to the idea that I must talk about private medical insurance. In fact, I generally talk about the specifics of PMI quite infrequently on the blog. It's more of a general business blog. Um, During the week, I will tend to focus on business-related issues when I make a post. And to be fair, I'm not as, as, as dedicated as I once was. I used to post every day without fail. Now I try and get two, three decent posts in a week. Then on an evening or over the weekend, I'll tend to do more light-hearted or less business-related topics. But if you're interested in, in PMICast, if you're interested in the insurance industry generally and in business you know, in business in particular, then it's worth dropping into uh, to local venture, having a read. We tend to get, I don't know, 50 or 60 people visiting the blog a day, although there was one point in uh, in early August where we had nearly 500 people arrive on, on one particular day. I'm not entirely sure why, um, but we have a, a really good uh, reader base for the blog, but it's where I'll tend to update when I post a new episode of, of PMI Cast. Um, I'll talk about the work I do with introducers, with my clients. I'll talk about my other business interests and business more generally. So it's worth keeping up date with, with local venture. And what I do in the podcast, I'll usually highlight one or two articles that I've put up there since I last recorded. Now, obviously, because I haven't recorded a, a podcast since uh, since July, there are probably five or six uh, posts that are worth looking at. So what I would suggest is visit the blog, and, and have a look at anything at end of July, beginning of August, if you're interested in catching up. However, I will specifically highlight um, a couple of, uh, of uh, posts that I put up there. The first one was on the 24, uh, sorry, the 21st of August. Um, I also had a business working with senior doctors um, on marketing their practice to patients and, and to hospitals and so forth. Um, and I wrote a little post about that. So if you're a, a doctor, and I know I have doctor clients that listen to uh, to the podcast because I have a lot of senior doctor PMI clients, 
Um, if you are interested in expanding your private practice and perhaps earning a little more income from that, then it's worth checking out the, the uh, blog post entitled Specialist Marketing Services for Senior Doctors. And then I always find that when I make, uh, when I put a post up on, on the blog about how I work with introducers, IFAs, accountants, solicitors, um, they get a lot of hits. They're, they're some of my most popular posts. And I did a, a brief post on um, Wednesday, the 3rd of September, so a couple of days ago, um, talking about how I think in business that the role of, of, of an entrepreneur is not necessarily doing the nuts and bolts of their task, but it's actually marketing, acquiring new clients, finding new people to apply the nuts and bolts work that we do to. And I extend that a stage further in an argument to, to talk about how I help my introducers identify the kind of client that I need to help uh, to help uh, advise on, on private medical insurance. So if you're an IFA, an accountant, a general broker, commercial broker, solicitor even, have a look at that post. It was called Identifying Introducers Clients for Private Medical Insurance. And it's something that I'm going to touch on uh, in a little while in the introducer section of the podcast. So we usually have three main uh, items on the podcast. We do some news, we do an introduce section, as I've just alluded to, and we do a general private medical insurance section. So I'm going to hit the news first. The two items I had, or three actually, uh, the first was we're back after our summer break, already covered that, that's cool. Um, the second thing is I'm starting to do a little bit of work with, um, with vets, with veterinary surgeons. A lot of my individual clients are senior doctors and, and not that they have particularly specialist requirements in private medical insurance. They're a more demanding audience because they've dealt with PMI in their professional lives. They know how the products work. But I do find that a lot of doctors don't have or don't receive proper advice on private medical insurance. They tend to perhaps set up a plan when they're in medical school and then 20 years later they're still with Bupa, for example, which is quite a common scenario. So I've extended that and I'm now doing some work with vets. I've got a number of vet clients already. And, and anecdotally, my experience is that vets, like doctors, tend not to be, to be approached an awful lot about private medical. They tend to have bought a plan if they have one early on. And if they don't have one, the nature of the veterinary industry, the veterinary practice um, uh, industry is that some vets will pay for cover for their staff. A lot don't. But of course, a lot of vets work in, in partnership on an individual practice. So perhaps private medical insurance isn't something they've ever really thought about buying. So it, I think it's a, it's a big untapped market. So I'm doing some work with quite a small database of veterinary surgeons. And the reason I mention it on the podcast is because obviously, as part of the, 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 the work I'm doing with, with marketing to these vets, I will be mentioning PMI cast. So hi, if you're a vet listening to the PMI cast for the first time, very happy to help you. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can email via the podcast, which is pmicast at gmail.com. Um, you'll also find, if you go to my blog um, and you look at show notes for the, uh, for the podcast, you'll find my mobile and email address. So if you're a new client, whether you're a vet or not, please make sure you get in touch and um, happy to help. Um, the last bit of news was, and I mentioned this quite a lot over the summer period, that um, if you've got a private medical insurance renewal, which was um, 1st of September, 
Um, we're past the point where I can really help now with 1st of August renewals, although in the last week I have dealt with two or three late August renewals. But if you do have an, a September renewal pending, you've had the renewal terms through, whether you're um, with another IFA, whether it's an introducer case, or whether you're just direct with insurer, you don't quite know what to do with the renewal, don't put it off. Contact me, again, pmicast.gmail.com or via the address in the show notes. And I can still help. If we can make a saving and move you to a new insurer, get better cover at a lower price, we can backdate up to 30 days. So for 1st of September renewals, we can do something for you right up until the 30th of September. But you need to think about this now, so I've got time to do a proper review for you. Uh, And I mention this over the summer because this is the time of year when people tend to put things off. They've been away on holiday, the kids have been off school, madness happening in people's work and social lives. And they tend tend to get back to, to work and normality not this week, but next week, the, the second week the kids are back at school, things tend to start calming down. And then you start looking at that backlog of emails, both in your personal and work inbox. So if you've got a personal renewal that's pending, contact me. But particularly if you've got a corporate, an SME renewal for 1st of September that you'd like me to look at, you need to start thinking about that now. We can backdate up to a month, but I need a week or two to get the figures, do a report and talk to you about the options. So now is the time to think about that. Right. Let's move on to my introducer section. Basically, about half of the work that I do with my clients is via IFA and accountant introductions, where the the professional advisor, whatever type of practice they run, doesn't have the time, the knowledge base, or indeed the inclination to write private medical insurance business for their clients themselves. So I get involved. I've worked with IFAs and introducers for, well, more years than I care to uh, remark on. When I set up my own private medical practice in 2010, I immediately hit upon the idea of access to market via introducers because I don't like doing cold calling. I don't think it's particularly professional or appropriate in the market I operate in. I love it when an IFA calls me and says, Phil, I have a client. I'd like to speak to them. Here's their mobile number. Here's their email address. It's a really nice way for me to get a warm lead for the IFA or introducer to know that their client is receiving proper advice on private medical and also to receive the income because I have a commission sharing arrangement with all my professional introducers. And of course, lastly, and most importantly, for the client, they get proper advice on private medical from a person that does it 24-7. So if you're an introducer, listen to the podcast, read the blog, because there's always lots of juicy goodies for you guys to get you into the swing of things so you'll feel confident passing your clients across to me. So in terms of uh, introducers, there are two things that I wanted to to cover briefly today and we'll inevitably come back to these two issues because they're both pretty important areas of business for IFAs and and introducers. The first one is, and this is is going on from, from the blog post I mentioned earlier in the podcast, what is the perfect private medical client for an introducer to refer to an intermediary like me? Well, the answer is any PMI client. But more specifically, the one what I have a good success rate with, where we know that they're likely to have the cover, and we know that they're typically in a situation where they haven't received recent advice in the case, is for the 50-plus demographic. These people, they're more likely to have the cover than person in their 20s. So it's an age thing. They're more likely to have the disposable income to be prepared to pay for private medical they're far more likely to have had the kind of life experiences, perhaps a negative experience with a relative in the NHS, 
that will have prompted them to buy the cover, they're quite likely to be <coughs> either in the process of retiring, which means that if they had a corporate cover, they'll be moving on to a personal plan. Um, they may well be self-employed or senior directors with individual cover that's paid by a company. And they may just have it because they bought it themselves for a variety of reasons. So they're likely, in a lot of cases, to have it, whereas a 20 or 30-year-old wouldn't have a personal private medical insurance plan. And the last thing is that what tends to happen is you buy a private medical plan, particularly if you buy it direct or via an IFA, you'll buy it and then you'll receive no ongoing advice on the cover. And in fact, although I wouldn't want to do down my colleagues, a lot of healthcare specialists never approach their personal clients again. I make it a point of principle to contact my clients every year without fail to talk about the renewal and make sure it's the right plan still for them at the right price. That happens automatically. In a lot of cases, I'll speak to clients during the course of the year, a quick catch-up, an issue with a, a, a certificate not having arrived or something they want to ask a question, can I make a claim for X, Y, or Z? So I have quite a lot of contact with my clients on an ongoing basis. But a lot of intermediaries, and particularly IFAs, won't because they've got nothing to talk about with a PMI. If it's direct with an insurer, they almost certainly won't have spoke to anybody for a number of years. And as a general rule of thumb, if you're an introducer and you have a client in your client bank who has existing PMI, or if you come across an orphan policy from somewhere, the question that you need to ask them is, when did you last have a review? Because as a rule of thumb, I would suggest that if you haven't had a review of that policy in the last two or three years where a full market review has been done, the chances are, because insurers don't offer the best deal to their existing customers often, that the cover will be more expensive than it needs to be. And often, because plans move on, we can get better cover for lower rates. And depending upon health criteria, if they've made lots and lots of claims, we'll generally leave them where they are if they've had major issues. But if they've made minor claims or they have no ongoing health issues, we can almost certainly reduce cost, improve benefits. So that demographic, the 50 plus, tends to be the sweet spot for finding a nice client that we can do a, a review for and we should be able to help them. For introducers, the other important issue is that as you get older, private medical premiums will tend to go up, which means that for clients over the age of 50, the premiums will tend to be relatively large. Uh, I'm 44 and I pay for family cover and my total premiums between myself, my wife and the kids is something in the region of £150 a month, which would not be an atypical premium for couple cover for uh, an over 50. So it's quite a nice area of business, both from identifying clients, whether or not they have private medical, and being able to help them, and also, and let's be let's, let's be cynical about this, we're in the we're in selling PMI to, to earn money. They're quite lucrative clients for us as well. So again, going back to how I work with introducers, it's created this virtuous circle. I gain a client, you get advice and support for a client, plus an extra income stream, and the client gets good professional advice. The second issue I want to mention for introducers, now this is something I'll definitely come back to in, in a future podcast, but I'm doing quite a lot of work at the moment on the international PMI side. I've got clients uh, in the States, in India, in, in France, in Germany, all around the world, Far East. Um, and it's very common for an IFA to come to me and say, Phil, I have one company with one employee in Hong Kong, but I didn't know you did international PMI. Well, the answer is, well, <laughs> it's on my website. <laughs> It's also something I talk about on the podcasting frequently. But yes, I can do IPMI. And it's it's a much more complicated market. And it's certainly one I wouldn't recommend anybody but the most specialist intermediaries getting involved in. But it's something I've done for many years. I'm quite comfortable in that market. So 
if you do have an IPMI client, either individual or um, corporate, it's something you can pass across to me. I don't just work with UK expats. I've got third country nationals around the world. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable advising clients on any aspect of that kind of health cover. So if you come across a case introducers out there, feel free, drop me an email at pmicast at gmail.com. Happy to help. So the last thing I'm going to cover on the podcast today is my private medical insurance slot. Uh, we used to call this uh, a kind of expert uh, view and uh, a focus on products, but at this point in the podcast, 50-odd episodes in, I just pick a topic and, and have a chat about it. And what I'm going to talk about today is, and this is something, again, we'll probably need to return to in, in coming podcasts. At the moment, I'm having a barrage of individual renewals. I've been in business for myself now for four years, so I've got four years' worth of renewals. So every month I'm dealing with sometimes upwards of 15 or 20 individual uh, renewals, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more all the time. And, and what I'm finding is that, that some insurers in the 2013, 14 renewal cycle on their individual business are putting silly increases on their renewals. So I have both my clients where I've recommended they move to an insurer or where I've picked up a client um, saying, Phil, what on earth is happening with this renewal price? And a classic example of a doctor client who was with one insurer um, paying £100 a month for um, uh, family cover. That's gone from £100 a month in uh, August 2013 to £150 a month in August 2014. Now, obviously, that isn't a tenable increase given that the client hasn't made any claims at all. So we've had to move them. And I've been able to move them to a new insurer where the premium is identical to what they're paying at the moment, £100 a month. So... Um, the, the, the question I wanted to talk about is, if you have individual PMI and you get a shocking renewal through, what can you do? Well, the first thing to say is we need to be careful whether the increase is due to your no claims discount going through the roof because you've made a claim or a number of claims. Generally speaking, if you've made a claim in the last 12 months, I'll generally recommend you stay where you are. There are exceptions to this. If you've made a minor claim, the condition has gone away, isn't like to recur, we can move you. You'll just have an exclusion for that minor condition. So in the example of my doctor with the £50 a month increase, he didn't have any issues, but had he made a small claim, then I would have said, we can move you, Mr. Client, but you'll have an exclusion for X, Y, and Z. And then it's a judgment call for him as to whether he's happy with that. We explain it. I make sure they understand fully the implications of the move, and we go ahead or we don't. If the increase is because the insurer has changed their pricing structure, which, for example, has happened with CS Healthcare and with Extra Family Friendly, no criticism of those insurers. They have to keep their, their um, pricing in line with how their, their claims are going. You know, that's completely understandable. But it does impact on clients who have covered with those two insurers. They get big increases. We have to consider whether we move them or not. So the, the, the issues are, to me, um, whether you stay there because the increase is, is something you're happy to, to pay or because you've made a claim. Whether we move, and then it's a case of whether you're underwriting and your recent claims allow you to do so. And then it's a question of, is there a new plan available at a price that, that makes the, the saving worthwhile? And that's something that, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I do market reviews for most clients every year automatically anyway, unless the pricing stays the same or decreases, and then I'll tell the client, and if they want to see a review, they can have it as well anyway. But I do an awful lot of, of sanity check pricing. 
when I see an increase come through, I'll automatically do some kind of pricing exercise for you before I even send the renewal out to you, so you've got a starting point. But the question is, what if my renewal goes up? Well, the answer is, it's not the end of the world, and there are probably things that we can do about it. If we can't move you, we can look at changing the benefits, perhaps increase the excess and so forth. But always get in touch if you're a client of mine and you want me to review for you, or important, if you are not a client, if you get a renewal through on your private medical, whether it's a group or whether it's individual, which is particularly what I'm focusing on, give me a shout. PMICast at gmail.com. I am always happy to help. Right. That is the end of our first podcast back after the big summer break. I'm going to finish by um, reminding you that I am an independent healthcare consultant. I'm part of Premier Choice Group, who are authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority. Their FCA number is 312878. If you want to see anything from a regulatory perspective, email me at the podcast uh, email address. Check out my blog, all the W's, localventure.blogspot.com, my personal business webpage is at all the w's premier choice healthcare ltd.co.uk forward slash consultants forward slash phil dash d dash night so make sure you check me out at premier choice and in fact if you do a google on premier choice phil knight you'll go straight to my webpage and um, remember to look out for us on itunes uh, leave us a review if you get a chance um, and you can follow me on Twitter. I am either Local Venture One or Phil Knight PCH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on PMI Cast, the only podcast devoted to private medical insurance.